Hello and welcome. You're listening to Connected and Ready, an ongoing conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed, brought to you by Microsoft. I'm Gemma Milne. I'm a technology journalist and author, and I'm going to be exploring trends around how companies are adapting to a disrupted world and preparing for tomorrow. We're going to speak to the innovators who are bringing products, operations and people together in new ways. On today's episode, I'm chatting to M. Nadia Vincent, who goes by Nadia, Digital Transformation and Innovation Executive Advisor and CEO of Digital Transformation Leader. We explore why digital transformation is such a hot topic and has been for many years. We talk about where businesses often misstep and how they can avoid getting it wrong. And we dive into the critical importance of people and the individual transformations that must take place for digital transformation to be successful. Before we start, I want to thank all of you listeners out there. If you have a topic or a person you'd love to hear on the show, please send us an email at connectedandready at microsoft.com. We're so thankful for you all. Now, on with the episode. Nadia, thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show. Why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about what you do and what you've been currently working on? Hello, Gemma. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I'm Nadia Vincent, and I am a digital transformation executive advisor. I work on helping organizations transform their business for the second machine age of the digital age. What I mean by that is to make sure that their business is able to survive the new digital age. Incredible. And what sort of different kinds of companies do you work with? Well, I've started working the last 20 plus year with a Fortune organization, but lately, the Fortune organization, let's say they were the first one really implementing transformation. So now it's really more a small and middle-sized organization where, I mean, who started late and now it's urgent for them to really shift in order to avoid uh, disappearing in the new digital age. Yeah, which is exactly, I guess, what we're going to be focusing on speaking about today. Um, And of course, we've heard and talked about many different digital transformations, as you've alluded to, whether it's to do with the bigger companies first and smaller ones after, but also whatever number of machine age uh, we are on now. And all of these different digital transformations have accelerated, particularly, of course, uh, this past year. Um, So from your perspective, why does digital transformation continue to be such a hot topic as it has been for, you know, 15 plus years? And tell us a little bit about what you think has changed over time. Well, digital transformation was hot before because the organisation who could see the changes happening, they were the innovators, the leaders, but most organisations, although they were very interested, they were not taking action. So last year, we had more organisations transformed than, let's say, five years before, simply because it came to make sense to people when they see that uh, with the COVID-19 crisis, they had to find other ways to operate than from the industrial age. And many of those organisations, they had type of hybrid business model. One of their foot was in the industrial age and the other foot was in the digital age. And we have to find new ways to operate businesses. We cannot just sit and wait because many organizations were sitting and waiting. So a lot has changed. However, it's not over yet. Businesses who want to survive in the next two to five years, they have to go full digital, not partially digital. So would you say there's a difference as well between, I guess, 
taking on digital transformation as a not just a project but a, a literal transformation of your entire company is it about surviving or is there an, also an element of growth and keeping up with competition and wanting to sort of achieve more, even if you're already a, a relatively successful company? Is there a big difference between that kind of transformation or does it all sort of happen in one? There is a big difference that determines the sustainability. The first one, it's more being reactive. And there is a big issue in that is that they are solving problems, problems that already exist or problems they see coming. They are reactive, defensive. But the challenge with that is that the digital age is so fast. Change and transformation happens so fast. So they are not really building a business for the digital age. They are trying to keep up. They are surviving, as you say. And that's not the way to go. Those businesses now with the COVID crisis, they are getting a run now. While the other businesses who see it as an opportunity for growth, they devise a full digital strategy, even though sometimes they could not implement it fully, but devising that strategy, they know what to apply, where to apply. They are more on a proactive basis and they are the organization that are innovating more and they are the business of the future. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, how to do it right, shall we say. When it comes to actually getting down to doing digital transformation, we've been talking about this for years and years. We know it isn't easy. It's not simple. And as you put it, a lot of people talk about it, but don't necessarily um, get their hands dirty. So many organisations fail or maybe they don't even realise the full benefits that they were hoping for. Why is this? Like, where do organisations get it sort of wrong? The main challenge that I've seen over the years, especially with businesses that I get the opportunity to rescue, is that they were doing a partial transformation. That led me to publish a formula like six years ago when I published my first book about digital transformation. Digital transformation is equal to individual transformation, business transformation, I mean time business transformation, time technology transformation, and all divided by fear. Because what was happening is that many businesses, some were implementing the business transformation, but they were not high on the technology. And some were doing a lot of technology transformation, but they didn't have the business reinvention that goes with it. And some were doing both business and technology, but they completely neglected the individual transformation part. While the successful transformation, they took into account those three parts. And this individual transformation part, people downplayed it a lot until we got COVID-19, who showed us that we have to have innovative people. COVID kind of forced them out uh, so that they can forget about the fear and take action. You see? And today... Organizations that succeed with digital transformation, they are organizations that implement transformation, taking into account those four points. The individual transformation, business transformation, technology transformation, and reducing the fear, the fear of innovation, the fear of change everywhere in the organization, in people. I guess your formula is making the point that it has to be all three that you you cannot pick and choose. Like, why is that? Like, what are businesses going to miss out if they don't have all three? Can I make that case for us? Well, we have the individual and the machine or the technology in every transformation. Both go together. However, it's the individual who create the transformation. We can have the best technologies, but actually today, 
the technology is widely accessible and very affordable, unlike before it was the big companies only were able to afford the transformation. And the technology is there. The, what people need is innovative strategy and as well implementing this strategy. That's what makes the difference because technology is not a competitive advantage anymore. So the individual who can create the best vision, the best strategy, and who is able to lead the team to drive them, to transform, to achieve that vision, those are the companies succeeding. And it's not the technology doing it, it's not the business, it's people doing it. Dynamics 365 Business Central is an all-in-one business management solution helping small and medium-sized businesses connect people, processes, and data. With integrated ERP and CRM capabilities, Dynamics 365 Business Central can help increase financial visibility, optimize your supply chain, streamline sales and service, and deliver projects on time and under budget. Watch a demo by following the link in the episode description. So can you tell us a little bit more about, I guess, the difference between individual transformation and fear? Because I would assume alleviating fear is part of the individual transformation. How would you sort of define what we actually mean by individual transformation? Is that about educating people or upskilling or is it something entirely different? That is a great question. We are not talking about the technology change, the change in the profession. The individual transformation is first get people to be mindful because people are so stressed and they are not focused. I mean, whatever they are doing, it's automated. There is no full investigation into it. And by getting people to be mindful, it's like you say, stop listening to the noise outside. Align yourself with yourself because there is one thing. Someone who is not aligned with himself or herself cannot align with a business objective. So it's about managing oneself to know what are the things that make you happy, what are the things that give you drive, that gives you energy, what are the painful things that you have that cause you to have this or that reaction, that cause you to be fearful of this or that, and what are your purpose? Because one thing, Gemma, is that we are in a time where everything is changing in the world. People studied several years for a profession, and by the time they have to work, the profession has changed completely or doesn't exist anymore. So they have to reinvent themselves. And there are many goals that have to be completely reinvented. There are many lifestyles, many dreams. There are people, they've been doing some work for many years. They hate it, but they learn to do it. They keep going. And now... It's the opportunity, it's the time to evaluate themselves to see what drives them because transformation is difficult. You need drive for transformation. You cannot simply transform overnight because it's a long process. It's a process that's going to challenge you as an individual and as a person. And later on, for the fear part, the fear part, then that's where we look at the different part of the organization. It's not just individual. It's, for example, innovating the way you used to work. There are many people who are fearful of changing the way they used to work. Sometimes they think, okay, the machine is going to take their place, so they prefer to hide the thing instead of automate it. And uh, it is really being creative on 
what you can do better now, what you can uh, what can you make more effective with the technology that we have? Because the innovation should not happen only at the top level with the leaders. We need people on the job, the process they are doing every day to be creative, to see what are the best way we can innovate to make things better. So you said so many interesting things here, Nadia. So I'm going to jump in and, and dig into a little bit more of this. So you mentioned about this sort of individual change and the need for a drive of individuals and I guess knowing themselves more, as you put it, in order to make good transformation happen. I guess from an organisation perspective, you know, why is it that people at an organisation are so critical to the success of digital transformation? What role do they play beyond this drive factor that you mentioned? Well, people determine the success of a transformation. They determine the success of the customer experience. They determine the success of employee engagement. As I say, people who are not aligned with themselves cannot engage into anything. They won't find the drive. When it gets too difficult, they will quit. While we need people to to have endurance to keep going. And we need people to work as a team to support each other. And this is better said than done because one of the challenges that we have in transformation is that we cannot transform the people. We can help the people transform themselves because it's a personal thing to do. That's why some years ago I worked with some neuroscientists. We work both on the conscious level and the subconscious level because we are barely 2% conscious, according to the brain scientists. There are habits that we've created and we function on autopilot. So, for example, giving training to people, that doesn't really help them change. We need not only to give the training for the conscious mind, we also give neuro-programming for the subconscious mind. And with that, we bring the person into changing his or her habits on a daily basis. And that will give the success of the engagement for the long process of transformation until success. That will create more initiatives for the customer experience, the employee engagement, and achieving the goals of the transformation. Because this is one thing as well. Many organizations see transformation as something that they have to do as an obligation. While they should see it as an investment, they should see what are the goals we want to achieve, what's the vision for the company. So I'd love to hear a little example then of how businesses can manage or encourage this, as you put it, individual transformation. And especially when you say, you know, it has to come from the person. It's not something that kind of just be dictated by a new strategy or a new investment or something like that. How do you balance company objectives and saying we need to be able to transform our workforce because we want to do X, Y and Z in terms of probably financial or profit driven goals versus going we need to look after employees and kind of put people before profit and and all these sorts of ideas. So maybe give us an example of what a successful initiative or strategy looks like for that individual transformation. It's a two-step process and we do it for businesses because there is the individual transformation. We work on helping the, the person to transform. So we give the individual tools. There are some audio courses. They are not long courses like you go in your training. That's part of the individual transformation. But the second part must follow. The second part is the business 
alignment, aligning the individual with the business goal. While on the first one, we have this person to be aligned with himself or herself to define his or her goals, where you want to go, to be focused on it. Then this person will be researching opportunities that align with his or her personal goal. And that person will find it in the company when the company does the work of communicating the business objective, the business opportunity, the purpose, the vision. So the first part is helping the person self-transform. And the second part is bringing the person to align with the business objectives. Amazing. You know, we've talked about success of digital transformation really hinging on the people, right? It's all it's all about people at the end of the day. What would you say then is the biggest challenge there? You know, is it about aligning the leadership? Is it about getting buy-in? Is it about, you mentioned engagement there and vision? What would you say is kind of the, with your experience and all the different clients you've worked with, the sort of biggest hurdle? all the businesses tend to get stuck on when it comes to the stage of people transformation and getting them on board? It is one thing that define all the one that you listed. When you talk about the leadership, employee engagement, it's all about managing fear for the person. Because, for example, when it comes to innovation, someone who is very fearful and who is more defensive than constructive, it's more difficult for this person to create innovative solutions, to think strategically, to think innovatively. Once you are able to facilitate this person to be more proactive, manage the fear, then this person is able to create more strategic innovation. Same thing on the technology, the way we use technology, because sometimes we could implement the technology, but that doesn't mean the person will use it or will use it right. So it's helping the person to understand that in this second machine age, there is a new business intelligence. It's not human only, it's not machine only, it's both the human and the machine. So there is no reason to be fearful of the machine. It's finding new way to collaborate with the machine for more innovative and more breakthrough solution. The next thing about the fear, it's in the leadership, in the vision. Digital transformation needs a vision. Without the transformative vision, well, we are not going anywhere. And we need leaders who can inspire people. We can drive people, not just have the vision, but really driving the transformation, inspire people. But someone who is not self-transformed, it's very difficult to inspire the other people because people sense the fear. They don't trust them. And people who are not trustworthy like that, it will be more difficult to have all the organization following. So, the top leaders, preferably the whole leadership team, they need to self-transform so that they can inspire the rest of the organization to transform. And that way, they will inspire them to achieve or to create the new business that they want. So we spoke a lot about reducing and managing fear and the importance of this. How can organizations understand their employees' fear? And crucially, once they understand that fear, how do they manage or at least make employees feel that their fears are being heard and, of course, most importantly, actually addressed? One thing, Gemma, is that fear has many faces. And in my book, Leveraging Digital Transformation, I have part of a chapter dedicated to that and all with a graphic 
about fear. Fear can come in terms of anger, doubt, lack of confidence, feeling helpless, jealousy, victimization, discrimination, defensiveness. So you see, there are many different ways people react to fear. And it doesn't appear like someone will, oh, I'm afraid of this and that. So it's different behavior. And the thing is that most of those fear, they are unspoken fear. And they are fear that the person will never openly tell you that he has. And sometimes they are not even conscious about it. That's why you cannot transform one person for the person. It's only the person can self-transform because, as I said earlier, we are only two persons conscious and we operate on autopilot. So it's really getting down into the brain to access all that information that put us on autopilot. And then that's where we address all those type of fear, whether it's a fear that is uh, real or it's a fear that's imagined, because most of the fears often they are imagined, they are not real. Or some of them are from some past memory, even from childhood memory that we are not even conscious about. And this program that I create, which is called Disruption Rescue, which is accessible on my website, it's like a 30-minute audio. There is one for the conscious mind, which is like a training and audio book, but there is another one for the subconscious mind. It is using brainwaves, and putting the person on a state to access all those information that the person is not even conscious that he has, he or she has this information. And that's what we need to change because the transformation, we can, you can train people, but that's the difference between learning and adopting it. Because we need to change the subconscious mind to create new habits, new pathway in the brain. And this program, Disruption Rescue, helps the individual to achieve that. Because no employer can do that for an employee. When you talk about transforming, it would be great to get a little bit more about, because I know it's, it's obviously not just one thing, right? But when you think about transforming... Um, for digital transformation and for this, these big changes that are happening, not just in your company, but in the world as a whole. It seems like it would be a, a mixture of many different things, both a sort of perspective thing and thinking about, as you say, purpose and what you want to achieve and all that sort of thing. But also there's a skills thing there too and learning new things and understanding whether it's new technologies or new processes and so on and so forth. Could you tell us a little bit about are there different stages to that transformation or different elements? How do you sort of define or even identify what the areas of, of transformation are for employees at particular companies? It depends on where the employee is in the organization, what they have to do. But the transformation, there are three main stages. The first stage, it's where everybody is fearful. And generally, at that first stage, nobody really wants to speak. They are watching what's going to happen. They are watching who is going to be the leader, what is going to bring. Because at that point, there is no trust. In many organizations, people are afraid they are going to lose their job and replaced by some machines. So at that time, people desperately need a vision, a vision that they can hold on to. And they are listening. They are searching for help. And that's the moment where the leader can build trust. But the fact is, in transformation, we manage things, we lead, but there is nothing in control. That's why we need to be agile so that we can change and adjust to it. And 
that's also why we need leaders who can lead by example. We can show the vulnerability because people can trust them better. And the second phase, it's when you either get the trust or you do not get the trust, but people are still waiting. They start following you, but now you need to bring in the drive, bring the energy, you bring the support. Really, now you need to really acquire the trust. And the third phase, that's when everything is going fine. You get the drive, people trust you. People trust you and they are building the future, the new tomorrow. And at that time, people are already more agile. They are more involved. They are more engaged. But if it's the opposite, it's like we are going into self-circle. This organization needs to still go back to gain people trust. Those are the three main phases of the transformation. Remember, the transformation is a process. So it's not like a project. It, there is a start and an end because the world is changing so fast now. By the time you finish, there's another change again. You need to reinvent it, you see. So that's that's the way it is now. Yeah, I was going to bring that back a little bit to something you said earlier about when I asked you what uh, what companies get wrong sort of thing. You were saying that some of them go through what you call a partial transformation and they don't sort of take into account your the equation that you have, the individual times business times technology all divided by by fear. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit, um, just building on that point you made about this isn't sort of a project that you can have a start, a middle and end. It's a whole sort of... Um, I guess it sounds like it's all very integrative and everything's sort of happening at once and you really do need to think about strategy. So what does that look like? Is that about sitting down and having a really good strategy meeting before you begin or is it about a mindset shift or is it both, you know, what does it look like to ensure you don't just end up with a partial transformation and you really kind of go the whole hog? The first thing to have the full transformation is not yet involving people. It's the top leadership we need. We need the top leaders to create a leadership team because what we are going to implement, the transformation, we want it to happen in every business unit because what's been happening is that some organization, okay, they are transforming their marketing, others are transforming their customer services, but the production haven't changed, the procurement hasn't changed. It's like at one point, the organization is going to be misaligned. Because any change, any transformation you are doing on one part, the other part, even though you are not touching it, it will be impacted. It moves somehow. So you need to align them so that the whole organization moves together. So one of the first things, there might be the vision. The vision might be clear or it might not be clear. It might be very rough, but we need to define it. What we need is to create a leadership team. And in the leadership team, it's finding the complementary People, when I say people, I'm not talking just about the skills, I'm talking about the personalities because there will be many challenging times where the skills won't be enough. We need personality to step in, to change things, to alleviate a lot of burden. So it's about creating the leadership team and then uh, creating a full digital strategy. I mean by full digital strategy, what you're going to implement in each business unit. That's why we need the leaders of each of those business units, because they will be responsible for the units. But as well, together, when we are modifying one thing, we see what are the impacts in the other business unit and how to bring everything together. And this is having a full plan long term. Okay, there are things we may, the details later on, they will come. 
we might not have them, but we need to have a framework. And that's what I'm creating a framework of all these people so that they already plan out their transformation so that they can take action to implement a full transformation and not waiting only when the problem comes and then we need to find a solution. There will be other problems coming that we won't know. That's why we need to be agile. But we need to really plan out a strategy for the whole organization and see how in a matrix, when we move one part of the organization, how the other part is impacted. So that is what I call a full 360-degree digital transformation strategy. And that's what I'm really helping organizations now to achieve because many had a partial transformation. And with that, there is no long-term vision in it. It's not sustainable. So I can kind of understand why a company might initially think, let's do this in a modular way, because it could be quite overwhelming, this idea of going, okay, we have to try and change marketing and procurement and sales and customer service all all in a one in order for this to make sense right and of course you've spoke about fear being a big factor which of course i mean feeling overwhelmed can obviously be linked to that but there's a sort of practical sense to this too right you can't do everything at once so what do you say to um to, to leadership teams or to leaders or to whoever is that's coming to you at the beginning who are saying we can't possibly do this all at once how do you then make decisions about building that framework, about building that strategy um, in order to have success long term? Well, I fully agree with you. We cannot do all of it together. The, the point is not to do it all together. The point is to be able to prioritize it, to see what are the investments, because there are some transformation projects that I've seen since they never looked how uh, one transformation is going to affect the other business unit. After they spend a lot of money, a lot of time, they have to restart the whole process again. So it's not about starting together. It's actually analyzing the impact, every change, and also the priorities, the dependencies, the resources necessary, and then the business priority as well, the business goals where they are at. And then that's when they can define what's the priority, what do we do first, and how we integrate, and when do we start this and that. It's like a music. You need harmony. You have to know when to bring this or that other instrument, you see. And there are many things you cannot do it. I mean, there is a time frame to do it. For example, I may want to implement artificial intelligence, but if I have no data, if I have no cloud, then I mean, those are priorities I should bring, you see, and the business strategy. So that's what I mean by looking at the priority, what to work on, when to bring the other parties in, and what you can reuse in different organizations, in different business units, because it's about making the most of the resources that we have as well. So that's why we need the whole team to sit together to strategize. We have the main strategy, but to prioritize, to put it in music. I will say, but it's not about doing it all at once. So um, final question for you, um, just thinking about people listening to this podcast and kind of wherever they are in their digital transformation journey, whether they feel that they maybe haven't even started yet or they're still at the beginning or maybe they've already begun and are kind of in the middle or maybe they feel they're already done, although I would maybe challenge that to some degree. What would be your piece of advice in terms of what people should be doing moving forward, particularly leaders, you know, what should they be doing to prepare for both their current or next business transformation that they might want to make? 
I would suggest first that they make an assessment where they are at today, what's the next priority, what they want to achieve. It's a really business assessment that will cover the technology and the organization. But as well, it's never too late to invest in self-transformation for themselves and for their team. Something that is very important, very crucial, wherever they are at, is to really work on the business vision for the digital age. Not the business vision that where we change this to be like the competitor, we've changed it. No, it's looking even five years, sometimes even 10 years for some point, is the business sustainable for a full digital age where we are going for the future of business. It's really looking at that to strategize, to really reinvent the business. Then based on that, once they do that, they will see all the priorities, what they need to do, etc. Amazing, Nadia. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us. So many different strategies, formulas even, and loads of ideas about how people listening can really start to take good practical steps, but also think about things, maybe zooming out a little bit more and thinking about what it really means for individuals and for people, not just the technologies and the businesses that are the ones doing the transformation at the end of the day. So Nadia, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much too as well, Gemma. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find out more about Nadia's work and indeed some of the broader themes we discussed today in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, please do take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. It really helps other people discover the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe and tune in next time to continue our conversation about innovation, resilience and our capacity to succeed. Learn how Dynamics 365 Business Central can help your small or mid-sized business bring disconnected systems together to improve financial visibility, optimize your supply chain, streamline sales and service, and deliver projects on time and under budget. Watch a demo by following the link in the episode description.